Welcome to the Wet Bandits Podcast, Season 2. This is Episode 6 now. There's a little bit of jumping around with the recording and where we're actually going to replace them. Going live this week, with se- or next Tuesday with Season 2. Uh, very exciting, I what guess. What time? Um, I don't know. I don't think I decided yet. What time do you want it to be? I think I post them early. 10 a.m.? Yeah, no, like really early. Oh. Like 6. That'd be cool. Which is really early for you and me. Ready for that. Drive to work. Drive to work. The gym rats. <laughs> the they gym. might They might need it even earlier. 5.30? I don't know. F- perhaps. Perhaps 5.30. I don't know, man. But anyway, we might have to do it earlier. I don't know. So uh, anyway, this is episode 6. We haven't We haven't seen each other in a while. Dude, I miss you, bro. <laughs> I totally miss you. Um, let's talk about what's happening in our life. First of all, do we want to talk about what's happened between Saturday when the Smiling Goat gig started and now? Or do you want to talk about what we're listening to? Dude, let's talk about what happened. Okay. So I don't know if Josh told you. Well, f- actually, let's start now. Where should we be right now? Where should we be? Where should we be right now? Yeah. Driving to Kenton. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> we should be driving to yep. Kenton for a gig. That's right. But we had to cancel because sometimes the rock stars in your band just do something to rock star. Yeah. And you end up having to cancel your gig. Not cool. Not cool. Um, so we're not doing that. Shout out to K-Town, though. You yeah. Know, hometown. Yeah. L- please, all the downloads, start doing it. I was looking at our downloads this week from like the previous season. Not terrible, but uh-huh. we need s- we we need to do some we need to bump those numbers up. Not for any reason other than to boost our ego. Yeah. That's really what I want. <laughs> it's a big ego boost. So <laughs> um so we're not going to Kenton and then let's move backwards into this the smiling goat. All right. So um I don't know if Josh told you. Did he tell you what happened to me on the way home from Smiling Goat? No. I got pulled over. Really? Like immediately. Oh, shit. Yeah. So good. This will be good for the listener and for you. So I didn't really get pulled over immediately. For those of you who don't know, Smiling Goat is in Zanesville, and we're in Columbus. Zanesville is a solid hour from downtown. We get out of Smiling Goat at like 2.30 at the earliest. It's a late gig. So we get out. And it was probably like half a mile, right? So it wasn't immediately following, but about a half mile down the road. I don't know Zanesville, but I also don't use my GPS. Mm. I know one landmark in Zanesville, Tom's Ice Cream Bowl. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. I didn't tell you this, but I actually went to the... Oh, no, I did tell you. I told you I was going to eat before the gig. Uh I went to Tom's Ice Cream Bowl. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I got to do something before the gig. You could have (laughs) come. 
But I knew you were going to carpool with Josh. Yeah. And he wouldn't have been into that. And we had a guest with us. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Dude, we have to talk about him, <laughs> too. <laughs> but, so, um, <laughs> so I know Tom's Ice Cream Bowl. And I know how to get to 70, which is the way home, from Tom's Ice Cream Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's dark at 2.30. I'm driving. And I know it's roughly a half mile down the road, but I just passed it. You know, it's dark. I couldn't really see, but I just noticed that I passed it. And I was like, okay, well, I made a legal left turn into a parking lot to just turn around. Yeah. Well, there, I didn't know there was a cop right behind me. And as soon as he saw me turn around, mm-hmm. he pulled me over. Oh. He told me that he told me that uh, my the light above my license plate was out, which mm-hmm. is probably true. I'm sure it's true. You can't just make that up. Yeah. So he told me, like, and then uh, he said, "Have you been drinking tonight?" And I told. I told him the truth. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I have had a couple drinks because cause I knew I wasn't drunk. Uh-huh. You know, in a different situation where I was maybe like leaning towards too drunk to drive, uh-huh. I might have been like, no. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> no, sir. No, not at all. <laughs> but in this case, I was, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a couple drinks, but we've been, we were at this bar for five hours. Yeah. I probably had three drinks. So I wasn't concerned. And one of those drinks was those stupid natural light. Dude, those are good. They were good, but not high alcohol yeah. content. So it doesn't even, it's uh-huh. not even a whole drink. So uh, his response is, well, I smell alcohol on you. I'm going to have to ask you to get out of the car. Yeah. So I got out of the car. And I'm, so even though I'm confident that I haven't done anything wrong, uh-huh. this is the first time I've had to get out of the car for a cop, I was still super nervous. Super nervous. Yeah I, w- I, yeah. I had no idea I would be. Plus, this guy was super nice. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Officer King. I, I didn't get his name, but I think I read his uh-huh. badge. I think it was King of the, I think, Highway Patrol. Even though I was in Zanesville in the residential areas, I'm pretty sure it was a patrol car. Anywho, <laughs> that's not important. He pats me down, put, has me put my hands on the hood of his car, and he pats me down and all this. And then he has me get in the back of his car. Which, I, for those who are just listening on the podcast, Sam gave me this weird, like, eyebrow thing. I told my, my buddy who went through the police academy, and he's mm-hmm. like, that's against the law. He can't do that. He can't put you in the back of his car. And I was like, well, I guess if I had been drunk, maybe that's how I would have gotten out of it. Yeah. But he put me in the back of his car, and he started asking me all these questions. Is this story interesting to you? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Because I'm telling the whole thing. Uh, he starts asking me questions, that, and I don't, you know, I'm still pretty nervous but most of the questions he asked are pretty benign. Like, are you on any medications that mm. are, you know, whatever? Are you a- physically able to perform these tasks? And by the way, I should have mentioned, he told me he put me in the back of the car because it was cold. So it wasn't like, he was like, I need you back here. It was yeah. more like, it's cold outside. Let's sit in the car. So it wasn't that cold, mm. though. Was the thing That's what made me nervous about it. I was like, it's not that cold. So <laughs> what's he going to do to me? Uh so anyway, he asked me these questions, and then he read me my rights. And that's the, that's the part that my, bo- my buddy was actually like, no, he can't read you your rights. He didn't do anything yet. He's yeah. not arresting you. But he did. And the way he, what he explained to me was he was reading my, me my rights because he was, quote, oh, sorry, I should back up just a little bit. He read them as if you had read someone their rights like a million times. Like he said them so fast. I oh, had no yeah. idea what he was. I mean, you know, you hear that in the, uh, in the movies and TV yeah, and yeah. stuff, but you zone out after 10 seconds anyway. You have the right, remind to r- right to remain silent. Anything you say can and you will be used against you. And then it's like yeah. gobbledygook. 
so he blows through that. And this is the only point where I was like, okay, I'm either going to like bury myself here or I'm just, or this is just like a normal thing that it's okay for me to do. But I was like, could you go through that again slower? Mm-hmm. Cause I just don't understand what you're saying and I don't know why you're saying it. That's what I said. I didn't want to come off as like combative, yeah. but I also didn't want to like do something I'm not supposed to do, which is, that's the root of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You hear advice from people on what you're supposed to do when you're pulled over and right. you don't really know what you're actually supposed uh-huh. to do. I called my sister, who's a lawyer, after this, and she kind of told me that what I did was the right thing to do, mm. which was basically because I knew I hadn't really done anything wrong. I hadn't broken the law. I wasn't going to, if I had to do a breathalyzer, I wasn't going to blow over. It's like, well, then just tell them the truth. Yeah. It's not illegal to drink and drive. It's illegal mm. to be over the limit yeah. and drive. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> so he explained that uh, he was reading me my rights because he was going to question me about things that were outside of the reason he pulled me over. Hmm. So in other words, he's going to ask me about drinking. He's not going to ask me about the light above my license yeah. plate, which we all know, spoiler alert, that's what he really pulled me over um. for. He's trying to catch a drunk driver. So he, so then he asked me, this is the strangest question on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the drunkest you've ever been. And one being the soberest you've ever been. Where are you right now? So Sam, imagine you're me. <laughs> How do you answer that question? Yeah, I'd be like, uh, what is 10? <laughs> <laughs> the drunkest you've ever yeah, been. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it'd probably be like a 0.5. Okay. But one is the l- most sober you've ever oh. been. Um, so are you drunk right now? Because yeah. you might have failed. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what. <laughs> no. Okay. I said two. Because obviously I had had some drinks. So I couldn't have been the soberest I've ever been. Yeah. But I didn't want to go higher than that. Yeah. And and I kind of explained that to him. I'm like, this is really hard to estimate. I'm going to say two because obviously I have the The hard part about it, too, is that at that time of night, when you've just been playing a four-hour gig, it's hard to judge, like, what element of you is, like, drunk, even though I knew by numbers I wasn't. And what element of you is just sleepy? <laughs> You're exhausted, yeah, yeah. you know? So it's like, so I said two. I don't think that had much bearing on what happened the rest of the night. But well, I think a lot of those questions is more of like the reaction. Totally. You're like, well, I blacked out last week. Is that is that a 10? <laughs> and then, then they know you got a drinking problem. Right. <laughs> you know? right. I totally agree. I've heard the same thing. Yeah. So I'm sure that's true. But <laughs> anyway, so... I answered that question. Then he said, we're going to do a field sobriety test. And I'm like, okay, mother effer, here we go. And he said, he said, I'm going to, you know, have you do these physical things. But the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to have, watch your eyes. He's like, I, you can't control what happens here. Your eyes are going to do involuntary movements if you've been drinking and uh, you won't be able to stop it. Mm-hmm. So blah, blah, blah. So we go out and he does the pen thing for what seems like forever, yeah. forever. And we did it. I don't know how long it actually was. Let's say 45 seconds. And like I said, he was super nice the whole time. Um, and we, we, we finished that part and he goes, I believe you, man. You're not drunk. You can go home. And that was the end of it. I didn't have to do, he, you know, he told me I was going to have to do all this walking and stuff. He didn't make me do it. Yeah. So the story ends well and it ends as I expected it to, because I was not drunk, but, 
it was also still terrifying. <laughs> uh, dude, I would, yeah, I'd be scared too. Yeah, because what? Because what I'm thinking too is like I'm in Zanesville. Yeah. Like if this was in Gehanna, I probably would have lot, been a lot less nervous. Uh-huh. But what am I gonna tell like my wife? Who's home with the less than two year old baby? Mm. Like I'm in the Zanesville lockup, <laughs> you know? Oh man, that would have sucked, dude. Totally. Yeah. So that's what happened to me that night. Anyway, dude, we got a hotel. I know you did. <laughs> I'm I'm obviously jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time I'll get in on that, dude. Of course, if the hotel is more than half a mile from the bar, yeah. it wouldn't have saved me. <laughs> in fact, it probably would have been worse. To be like, because he, he took my license and noticed I was from Columbus. He's like, what are you doing out here? So it gave me the chance to say, like, I'm in this band and blah, 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 and I'm going home, rather than I'm in this band and uh, we always fucking get a hotel because yeah. we're hammered. Uh. <laughs> you know? So it's probably best that I was going home. Right? Dude. Yeah, yeah. I think so, He's too. like, why can't you... Yeah. Drive home. Why yeah. are you going to the hotel? That's yeah. just more questions, dude. Right. Was, this was for the best. So, that's it. That's the story. That's a good story. Yeah, I, th- I thought so. Yeah. That's why I told it. Anywho, we've burned 13 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything happened to you? No, dude. You want to tell me what you're listening to? Dude, I got Death Magnetic in my car right now. Nice. You always have, well, almost always have Metallica. Dude. Yeah. But that's a good one. Still on Metallica kick from when I saw him in 2016. That's a long kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wowie. Yep. It's good. Um, I've got the Weezer recent releases in my car. The Teal album and the Black album. How is that? I'll tell you. The Teal album, as my best man described it, is fun. Mm. It's fun. And the covers are good. I'm not into all of them. Like yeah. I could do without the Billie Jean cover and not just because of like leaving Neverland or whatever the name of that. Yeah. That, like Michael Jackson's indiscretions aside, that cover is just not great, but they do a cover of paranoid. That's good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They do a cover of, um, well, they do a bunch. Obviously Africa's the famous one right now and take on me and whatever. But I, I find those less interesting than the other ones they do. Uh, Mr. Blue Sky, the ELO song, do a good cover of that. Is it all covers? All covers, the teal mm. one. The black one's all new, and I was really disappointed by it. Mm. It's not really a rock record. It's like a borderline. There's hardly any guitars in it. Yeah. But I saw Weezer. Weezer came to town with the Pixies like two weeks ago, and I saw Weezer, and they only played one song from the black album, and it was it's called High as a Kite. It's the third one on the black album, and it was the best song of the night. Weezer was awesome. I've oh, seen really? I've seen Weezer four times, and they can be really bad. Like mm. Rivers, the singer, he can kind of be like boring, and not just boring in the like doesn't move around. I don't care if he moves around, but like he can kind of play like he doesn't care. And he was they were really really good. And R- Rivers can also be off key a lot. He's oh. not the greatest singer mm. always, but he was totally on point. The production was great. Set list was really good. I could have used some more new stuff. Oh, really? Which no one ever says. Well, you've seen them four times, so yeah. But you know they've had since um, they played Pork and Beans, which is from the Red album, and then they've had a bunch of albums after that. Oh, they also played. um, uh, If you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to. That's from Ratitude, Hmm. and then 
they have had, I think, three, they've had many albums after that. Um, the White Album, uh, Pacific Jade Daydream, um, uh, Everything Will Be All Right in the End, a couple others too, of varying degrees of fame. But like those three I just mentioned all have really good songs on them. And the White Album actually had a kind of decent single called LA Girls hmm. that they'd play at like gyms and stuff. So like, you know, I feel like that's the litmus test for yeah. like, will everyone like this? Um, they didn't play anything from any of those, which was kind of a bummer. They played a lot. They played like four Teal album songs, hmm. four or five, and then one from the Black album. And anyway, the point I was making is the the one Black album song, the album of theirs that I like the least, that was the best song of the night. Huh. Like it was first of all the production was great. They had this disco ball come yeah. down and so like the whole place was lit up <clears throat> and they just killed it. Uh-huh. It was a much more rockin' song live and I don't know, as I was watching it I was like, man, I'm going to need to talk about this on the podcast because it really it restores your faith in live music. Oh yeah. To see like a song that you don't really care for on uh-huh. an album and they're like, "Oh my god, that that's what the song was meant to be. Yeah, how they did it right there. Like starts a revolution. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was awesome. It, definitely the best song of the night, and they were they were great. That they kicked off the show with a barbershop barbershop quartet version of Buddy Holly, and it huh. was so on point. R- like yeah. you could you could put that together like kind of lazy and have it be okay, but it was excellent. That's it was cool. really good. And then they finished with the real version of Buddy Holly. Holly. I'm getting really tongue-tied today. Dude, uh, what did they play off of Pinkerton? Uh, they played El Scorcho. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was the first song of the, of the um, encore, and they played The Good Life, hmm. which that's probably the, I don't know, the bigger single, I guess. They played a lot of songs from the, they opened, after they did the barbershop version of Buddy Holly, they did My Name's Jonas, and then they did, um, they did the sweater song, yeah, they did "Say It Ain't So," they did "Surf Wax America." Mm-hmm. They did not do "In the Garage," even though they had these rotating like backdrops, um, of so like they it was like they were playing different venues, and one of them was clearly a garage. So everybody expected them to play "In the Garage," which is a good live song, but they didn't do it. Huh? Yeah. So were the Pixies good? Terrible. Really? Terrible. And I. I don't know enough history about the Pixies. Like I know some of their songs, but only the same songs that like your, you know, 23 year old college girl knows. Cause she heard them on Spotify at work oh, or yeah. whatever, but no offense ladies, but I could have said men there too, you know, anyway, but they, I, I get the sense that this is part of their aesthetic where they're like w- weird for the sake of being weird and they blew through every song. They played for an hour, and they played 24 songs. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I saw Kings of Leon, and they did that. Really? Like, didn't even like, hey, we're Kings of Leon. They might have did that once, and they just, song after song. But were they also, like, way too fast? No. Th- they were their actual songs. Yeah. My sister knows the Pixies way better than I do. And she was there with me. She's like, everything was so fast. Oh, yeah. It sounded like an amateur band. So uh, I got, what that tells me is they don't like playing second fiddle to Weezer. Like, yeah. they don't like Weezer being, and I think that's valid. Pixies 
uh, have their own place in history. Uh-huh. But don't sign if if that's and maybe that's not what was going on there. But if they don't like it, don't sign up for it. Yeah, <laughs> don't sign up for that paycheck. Do your own headlining tour, losers. That's what I say. Come on, Pixies. Yeah, be better than that, Dude, Pixies. Did you hear from Megaforce Records? <laughs> no, I forgot I <laughs> called them. No. So yeah, so in the last episode, if you haven't listened, go back to episode five and listen to, or no, it's episode four, sorry. Okay. Go back to episode four and listen to our Ride the Lightning episode where we where we called the record company that, what? In the 80s. That they recorded at or they were printed at? I can't remember what it was. Anyway, yeah, yeah, there yeah. was a phone number <laughs> in the in the vinyl that Sam had, and so we called it, and I left a voicemail, and no one has responded yet. Damn it. I know. That could be our ticket. I could. A golden ticket, dude. Yeah, they could be like, no one has called us in 30 years. Like we've been waiting for this moment. Yeah, these are probably the guys. They have that go get them attitude. <laughs> the prophecy. Yeah. Okay, that's what's been going on. Are you ready? Dude, I'm ready. All right. So this is, again, while we while we have broken down this season, we've started to go through the top five best and worst sophomore albums of the 90s. We're throwing in, peppering in, if you will, a couple different sophomore albums just to, uh, you know, beef up the season a little bit so we're, we don't have just five episodes and then take another 10-month break yeah. before releasing anything. And also we get to talk about our favorites like two episodes ago. We got to do Metallica's sophomore album, Ride the Lightning. And today, we're going to do my favorite band's sophomore album. Here's an intro for you. Good intro. (laughs) So that's not really a song. That's more of a joke. But that's a song called, well, it's, it wasn't given a name uh-huh. on the album, but it's called Iron Gland for some reason. And that is from Dirt, Allison Chain's second album. And we're going to, we're going to give it the full, the full, I don't know, run through. We're going to uh, obviously do our, w- what would we cover? What would we cut? And the hidden gem will obviously do that, but we'll probably touch on most of these. Uh, and obviously, I have a few gems for Sam that I don't think he's heard before, but uh, let's let's get to it. Uh, l- do you have any just general thoughts on the album before I talk about it a little bit? No, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. So you had you ever heard? Were there some of these songs that you'd never heard before? Yeah. Okay. Probably most then. Uh, like the second half of the album. Okay. Like. Okay. So were the um uh sorry i'm typing something <laughs> uh were were there songs that weren't singles that you were familiar with for any reason like you'd heard from someone else before or what no i don't think so okay no. that's that's really what i was kind of yeah. getting at so you knew them bones and down in a hole and rooster yep. and then after that you might not have known any until the end where you had like Angry Chair and and Wood. Did you know Angry Chair already? Uh, I think I knew that one. Okay. Um, I knew uh, Them Bones, Down in a Hole, Wood. Uh, can you go back to that list? Yeah. And Rooster, yeah. Th- yeah those yeah. were the four I knew. Those are the big ones. 
those are the big ones, obviously. Um, so when I was really late to the Allison Chains game, I was not really, I've probably said this a million times. I wasn't really a huge music fan until about, I was a fan of music. I wasn't a fan of modern music until I was in like seventh and eighth grade. And so by that time, you know, it's already 1994, 95. Yeah. And most of in Chain's good stuff had already come out. Mm. The Three-Legged Dog that, or the Tripod album, whatever, self-titled, whatever you want to call it, came out. And that was the first in Chain's album I bought. Because at that time, I was really big into just buying the rock album that was popular at the time. Oh, yeah. Whatever was like hitting the chart, I was like, well, I guess I'm supposed to get that. Interestingly enough... Uh, Eagles, Hell Freezes Over, the like reunion album they did that was like a greatest yeah. hits. Mm-hmm. But that was one that I was like, oh, I'm supposed to get this because it's like number one. I didn't buy that one somehow. Huh. But that's good because that really wasn't what I was into yeah, at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also why I bought Nirvana Unplugged, oh. which we've I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. I bought that thinking, oh, this is Nirvana and this sucks. And I, th- I gave that album away and thought I hated Nirvana until like a year later. Uh. So... Anyway, I came to the Allison Chains game late. They did their unplugged set in '96, and at after at this point, three years after Nirvana did it, I think, two years. Sorry, um, at this point, I'd figure it out what an acoustic guitar was and what <laughs> what the unplugged album was supposed to be, so yeah. I understood it better. And once I started listening to Unplugged, I was like. Oh, I get Allison Chains. Yeah. Because the Three Legged Dog album, I really wasn't that into. Mm-hmm. It was like too weird for me or something. Is that late? Yeah, that's yeah. 95. So, and it's just like, it. it's not industrial, but it has like, a, it has an industrial sound to it. I don't know how to explain it. When we, if we start doing discographies, I'll be really excited to talk about that one. Yeah. But, you know when i the the point is it took me to get to unplug to be like oh some of these songs are sweet short aside i promise when when a band like Allison Chains can do an unplugged concert and it's still good that speaks to songwriting yeah and and i think the tr- same is true of metallica yeah. i think you could do a, an acoustic metallica album and it would still be pretty good uh-huh. um so when your songs are good even if they're super hard they'll translate when you do them acoustic and unplugged is an example. Like they translate well. So then I started listening more to the radio and hearing specifically rooster and wood on the radio. And I was just like, Oh my God, these guys rock so hard. And then I got dirt and then I was like, okay, now I, I love the, and then it's been a love affair. Yeah. Is dirt your favorite? No. I wasn't going to get into it now, but here's a little piece for you if we ever do discographies. The Three-Legged Dog is my favorite. Oh, yeah. Now. It took a while for me. Dude, those are some of the best albums though, mm-hmm. that you don't get it at first, but then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's how uh, Candlebox was for yeah. me. We talked about Lucy a few episodes ago, but Candlebox's origi- first album, like I didn't like it at first. It took me a minute to be like, okay. And this is, it's a like metal album. There's nothing like cerebral about Candlebox, but still like once you warm up to it, you're like, Oh yeah, I see what they're doing and I like it. Yeah. So that's, that's how I got into it with Alice in Chains. So 
without further ado, let's just go to the what would we what would you want to cover? What would you want to cut? And the hidden gems. So let's start with what we would want to cover, which loosely translates to what our favorite song is on here. Um, and I let you go first for Metallica. So like you didn't, I didn't steal your thunder, which means I have to go first now because right. I don't want you to steal my thunder. So the song that I would want to cover, and I really struggled with this. In fact, I think I'm thinking that maybe I want to change my mind. <laughs> <sighs> the song, I think it would be Wood. Oh, yeah. Wood's the, Wood's the one. So for those of you who need a little refresher... I like their drummer, man. I love him. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i never really read anything about him, but... Me neither. He's just, like, in that in-the-pocket drummer, but, like, he can shred, too. Yeah. I think... What I like about... I would describe him as greasy. Greasy? He is, like... He is, like, like borderline sloppy, uh-huh. kind of. Like, you call him in-the-pocket, which he is, because you can't be... You can't be a really good drummer and, and like be completely out there, I guess. Not for this type of music anyway, but he's not um he's not what what's the word I'm looking for? He's not Lars Ulrich, right? He's not like um he's Oh, this is really good radio right here. <laughs> so yeah. I try to think about yeah. how I, how to describe Greasy. If I think if you watch him play, you get a good idea of what I'm talking about. He's just kind of behind, like just. He's yeah. leaning so far back, yeah. and like he's he's when he drums, he looks like he's got noodle arms. Yeah, like he's just like slop. Yeah, but it it always like works, you know, and it but it also like somehow drives the song. I get you always get the sense that like they're not on stable ground, but they totally are. Yeah, and I think that's what I mean by greasy. It's like it's sometimes it sounds like Ooh, you're gonna lose it, and then he doesn't. I have a really good example of a song like that that I'm gonna show you later. All right, but can I ask you a drum question, dude? Does this is this a tough uh, fill to do here? Because I think I know what you're talking about at the very end. Yeah. Whoops, better turn the volume That was one. Here, uh, 
That was the other one. They're slightly different. He does more snare on the second one. Yeah. Is that difficult, or is it just easier than it sounds? So this is what, you know, people ask these questions sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's easy. It's probably easy for an experienced drummer. It's easy to do, like, when you're just jamming by yourself in your basement. But once you play it with a band, that shit's probably hard as hell. Yeah. You know, to just click and do it, you know. Right. So, yeah, I would say, yeah. Good on you, Sean Kinney. You've succeeded in doing it with the band. And the yeah. thing is, is like he waited to do that at the end. Yeah. You know, he had en- enough sense to like do that at the end. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to shred here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, actually, I'm going to ask you what... That's the one I'd cover. Also, by the way, one of the best intros ever. Yeah. Great intro. Great bass line. And it's like... How many different radio shows open with that? <laughs> you yeah. know, like right before they kick on. Like we could have entered, started the show with that. Dude. So anyway, what's what's the one you would cover before Dude. I say anything more? Them bones, bro. Oh, nice. Those lyrics are crazy. I know. Dude, and that guitar riff just sounds like you're losing your mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. It's like you're stuck. I know. But it's like in- intense. Yeah. Part of me feels like a liar because I've actually covered that song oh, really? before. Even though I said I'd cover Wood. I was able... We did a... With the Wild Stallions, the 80s cover band I was in way in college... We decided to do one show where it did not matter what era it came from, uh-huh. and we didn't care like what we played. We were just going to cover songs that we'd never gotten to cover before, and I could pick any Alice in Chains song I wanted, and I picked Them Bones. Um, pro- in part, probably because I felt like it was the easiest, but still cool. Um, it, did it work? Nah. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like the great. vocals would be the hardest. And I was singing that shit. Oh, really? Yeah. So... Um, yeah, that, I don't sound like him, but I think the other part of it was, I thought that one was the least dark. It's still dark, Yeah, but the chorus is kind of like, yeah. um, yeah. So anything else about that that you wanted to, I don't want to rush you through it. The first time I heard that song was through Guitar Hero 2. Oh yeah. Well, you've heard a lot of these songs for the first time on Guitar Hero. What was the other one we just Uh, did recently? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. Oh, well. El Scorcho, right? Yeah. From Pinkerton? Yeah. You hear that one on Guitar Hero? Yeah. Or Rock Band I, I or I think there might have been another one, too. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. Well, we'll remember it, so we'll go back and think about it sometime. So, <clears throat> Them Bones is sweet, too. I could, I mean, you could pick anything, and I'd be okay with it, obviously. Um, but Them Bones rocks. It does rock. Yeah. And what I love about both Them Bones and Wood, and 
a couple other it's funny there are some songs on here that don't do what I'm about to say but what I love about those two that bookend the album start the start with them bones end with wood is that they don't dick around with the verse at all it's like intro yeah baller then you get two lines of verse uh-huh. and then you're into the chorus yeah. each verse the first two verses are like 20 seconds long and that's nobody does that anymore when you're super self-important with your music you're like you know i'm telling know. the story with yeah. the verse so most bands would do like double that or more d- you know two or three of those verses yeah. then the chorus and then the usually the short verse is the last one Allison Chains is like f that noise we're getting to the cool part now so they do you know super short verse literally like two lines of a poem and then they go to the chorus yeah which like i love that's how you write a hit man yeah right dave girl probably went to that yeah. school too yeah um but th- also the vocal harmonies like that's the thing for Allison Chains is like these vocal I harmonies know. that are dark yeah dark and nobody sounds like they do nobody sounds like they do I'm I'm just gonna, you know, gush over Allison Chains this whole time. So, those are the ones we'd cover. What? Um, oh, I have to tell you what to cut. <sighs> this is really hard. Which one to cut? And it, it's actually not, <laughs> maybe not for the reason you'd think. There are a couple songs on here that I mostly am okay not listening to, uh-huh. but it does like. The reason they're hard to cut is because it does, it changes the album by right. cutting them. Even though yeah. I don't really like to it's listen. It's just part of the album. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think, and we've talked about this one before in same song or not the same song, uh-huh. which we only did once last year. But I think the one I'd cut would have to be Hate to Feel, which is this one. Sorry for the F bomb. Sorry to make you guys listen to a minute and a half of that, but I wanted to get to the good part because there is a good part. Um, that song progressively gets better, but it's a slow boil. Yeah. I don't dude. know. I don't know what you think of it. Is it, but does it bother you that it sounds just like Led Zeppelin? Uh, dude, that was the one I would cut too. 
Really? Yep. Okay. Is it because it sounds like Led? What song is it? The Led Zeppelins? I forget. Uh, Daisy and Confused. That's right. Yeah. Right. Um, does it bother you that it sounds like Daisy and Confused? No. I mean, basically, that song's just like a scale. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right, right. You know, so. And this was written by Lane, the singer. Oh, yeah. Who is not an accomplished uh-huh. guitar player. So, like, Eve's doing what he could. Yeah. Um, and it cha- it changes from Days and Confused. You know, listen to these songs. I never really understood how influential Alice in Chains was, you know? Mm-hmm. With the, with the, especially with, like, the music today. Right. And even, like, bands like Black Label Society, you know, mm-hmm. like, the song structure and, like, you hear, like riffs that are just kind of similar in that like in the mainly like the melodies in the vocals right. yeah you know yeah um and that's for, you know for better or worse like part of me part of me when i talk about alice in chains to people who like hate them it's like hey no one was more influential to the music of today from that era like not pearl jam not nirvana not smashing pumpkins like alice in chains or yeah. those bands like wanted to be i don't know if that's necessarily something i should be proud of though like because i don't like this stuff uh, <laughs> but like godsmack is on this album like duh uh-huh. like that's what the godsmack took their name oh from really allison shane's song yeah so you know those those ba- those bands look to allison chains as the blueprint yeah so you know like i said for better or worse um so I'm glad we agree on that. That's it's just a like I said, it's a little long. Yeah, I'm not super interested compared to the, all the other songs. Yes, compared to all the other ones. So we've we've gone relatively quickly through cover and cut. So now we got to stop in the middle and do what we forgot to do for episode four. Craig's oh. crazy questions. Do you remember the question I posited to you, dude? I do. Okay, the question for you guys. Oh wait, we have to tell you who Craig is. If this is the first time you're listening, Craig is my coworker at my day job. And Craig likes to present me with questions that are, mm, I would say, very thought provoking, usually about music. And it's usually something that's kind of like he he wants me to really like mull it over at us to uh, mull it over okay. and like really like be, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Conflicted about it i've ruined that (laughs) at a couple of these like (laughs) which band has been the most divert had the biggest change from start to finish and i picked silver chair because we were talking about silver i mean no seriously yeah (laughs) but uh anyway craig's crazy question for today and i'm gonna get it word for word from what he gave me is what band oh no no that's a different one who is the least talented musician that is somehow famous do you want to go first or do Dude, you want to go first? You can first? go first, bro. Okay, so I think, and this is going to get some people angry because people love, I mean, this band, not as famous as Alice in Chains maybe, but Phil Anselmo, do you know, I, maybe that's not how you say Pantera? His name. Yeah, man, the singer. Dude, he's good, bro. Is he? Yeah. Here's why I say, here's why I say he's not especially talented because I think you could pull any screamer off the street and put him on a pantera album and you'd be mm. like and you'd be like oh yeah this yeah pantera still rules i don't think you'd know like what does he bring to the table really dude it's just like his screams bro yeah i mean i know other people who can scream yeah i don't know but 
And he's good. <laughs> at screaming. Yeah. Well, if we're splitting hairs between talented people, you know, I just don't see. I just don't see it. Maybe it's because I'm not a screamer. And plus, you got D- Dimebag Daryl in that band, and you got Vinnie Paul, and they're just crazy. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's not part of it though. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. They, I mean, they're allowed to be really talented, and him suck. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think he sucks, but I can't think of someone who's l- literally less talented. I can think of people I like less. Yeah, lots of people I like less. But I can't think of anyone who displays less talent. He's basically talking, sometimes yelling. Yeah. But like, does any, I mean, I don't know. Does anyone look to him and say, not that that's the litmus test for if you're talented or not. Like, do people look to you and say, like, I want to be like that guy. Yeah. But I think I've, I've met people who are just like, just like him. You know, they can scream and that's what they do. I, I think he's like what started that kind of. That may be. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But just because you're the first doesn't mean you're like really good at anything. Yeah. I get, I, I'll give you that maybe. I, I don't really know. But okay, fine. He's a pioneer. <laughs> but <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can be a pioneer of shitty stuff. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. You just defended him, which is dude, cool. I did. I'm glad I did, you did. bro. Dude, he's cool, man. He I, I actually cool. saw him live. Did you really? Yeah. He's in a band called Down. Yeah? And uh, they opened up for Metallica. Were they talented? I didn't really like, like him. <laughs> <laughs> but short story is like the sword opened up for them. Oh, you know I like the sword. Dude, they're good as hell, dude. They have some major riffage in there. That, that's what they do is riffage. Yeah. Yeah. But the person I would pick is probably someone that's like in the pop it industry that just uses auto, like, that's a good auto-tone. One. Is that how you say it? Auto-tune? Auto-tune. Auto-tune. Yeah. And like Post Malone, like I watch him live and he's just clearly just singing in this microphone and it's making the notes for him yeah you know I'm yeah it's like come on man <laughs> i mean there's a difference like maybe writes good songs yeah, yeah but you said just, you kind of like some of his songs yeah. i don't really know his yeah. songs but yeah that's like just an example i know i wish i could argue with you about that but i don't really know enough about him yeah i just think he's cool because he's still like Talks about rock and stuff like that. He kind of, he's had like acoustic sets where he like covers no apologies. And that's good too. Maybe it's just like, hmm. they do the auto tune thing to get like a different audience or something. Maybe. I so know. I don't know what I'm talking about. That doesn't mean you don't know what you're talking about. But, um, but I think we're kind of picking similar people. Yeah. Even though you kind of defended oh, yeah. old yeah. Phil, like, and I get it. Post Malone is not a pioneer of anything. Yeah. He's a derivative of all that what he does. But I don't know. I was thinking more like while we were talking about, well, is it fair to say Phil Anselmo is like not talented? You could say the same thing about Zach De La Roca from uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Like, but, but he's, he writes good lyrics. 
That's yeah. the other part. Like, I'm not super impressed with Pantera's, like, with his, like, songwriting. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and and there's, like, a, there's much more of a rhythmic quality to what Zach does in yeah. Rage. Like, yeah. Pantera just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty hardcore, bro. Yeah, it's more than just hardcore. We've talked about it before. I'm not a Dimebag fan either, yeah. but I know he's talented. Yeah. I'm just not into like what he does. So my I'm probably going to get a bunch of hate for this. But you know what? All publicity is good publicity. If you guys want to send that out all across the Pantera fan waves and just get us more downloads because I'm trashing on Phil. <laughs> Actually, when Lane Staley, rest in peace, anniversary of his death yesterday, um, when he died and Allison Chains was still doing some shows before they had a permanent replacement, he replaced him. Really? Yeah. Now, and I think Lane Staley is maybe the best singer from the 90s. And I'm not forgetting Chris Cornell. Uh Like, Chris Cornell does things well. I think Lane Staley does Almost all things well. Yeah. Like, I'm going to crap on Chris Cornell here <laughs> a little bit. Like, I, Chris Cornell, he's good. And I get that, like, singers, famous singers who know more than me, wish they sang like Chris Cornell. But you'll hear some songs where you're like, that note was an interesting choice, Chris. Yeah. Like, Chris Cornell almost tried to be weird. Maybe. No, no, I mean, the... There's some songs I'm like, he's just trying to be weird, but Lane can pull it off. He's like, I'm weird as fuck. That's dude, exactly and it. I'm good. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Because he is he is what made Allison Chains weird. Yeah. Like now that he's gone, they're much more like by the book. Like they still write songs that I like, but nothing's weird anymore. Uh-huh. Like this it the harmonies are still there, but like you would never hear a song like Hate to Feel on their new yeah. stuff. Because it's just too weird. And he was the weird guy. Yeah. And but it was just the right amount of weird. And he can just he just had so much nuts behind behind his voice. And so does Chris Cornell. But like Chris Cornell to me is a bit of a one trick pony. Oh my god, I'm gonna be struck down for saying that. Dude. I still like him. Yeah. But but obviously I'm biased. Like this is my favorite. Anyway. So now that we've done with that, I'll I'll save the gushing for the rest of the the rest of the episode as we get into hidden gems. So, hidden gems are the songs that were singles from the album. Um, or I'm sorry, hidden gems cannot be singles from the album. Our favorite songs that are not singles. We've already run through a couple singles. Wood was a single that was the one that I wanted to cover. Uh, and them bones, it was Sam's. So, the other singles from the album are down in a hole.
that one's kind of like that one's the closest to being able to fit in the eighties of any of these. That's a little ballady, yeah, and it's a little bit like it's really guitar focused. Mm. I mean, there's some great harmonies too, but like I don't know, it it that one's a little bit almost doesn't fit. I mean, it fits. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly like the yeah. The slow, like, yeah. if, if there's a ballad on here, that's it. Um, and it also has the, the end of the chorus where he says, I'd like, uh, I'd like to fly, but my wings have been so denied. Like, that is such, it's not just a good line. It's also, like, the music they put in there is so good. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Uh-huh. Like, the way they wrote that line over yeah. the song is so good. It feels like you're flying right not to be lame but yes and then uh next single is rooster let's fast forward for you guys just a little bit here For those keeping track, that was 54 seconds before the first vocals are spoken. I know we're just trying to run through the singles so we can tell you which ones. <laughs> These are the ones we're not allowed to pick, but I have to get to that point in that song. This was almost the one I chose to cover. Real, it, that would be a good one. Well, it. this is the one that made me like fall in love with Alice in Chains, and specifically his voice. Like When it gets to the chorus, he's like, yeah, and then he says, you know, he ain't going to die. It's like, oh, my God, this guy is serious yeah <laughs> and then it gets better the the f sharp comes in like the lowest chord like boom and he goes no 
that no has more guts in it yeah. than like any other word spoken in the 90s in the 90s rock music there is so much nuts in that in that chorus <clears throat> and then he does it he changes it up a little bit later in the song but like the first chorus of that song is so ballsy i can't think of dude, any other ways to say the same thing dude that bass sounds good <laughs> as hell too yeah yeah and this is their original bass player i actually like the new guy even better He's oh, different. Really? Yeah, he's different, but I like the new guy better. Rest in peace, Mike Starr. Mm. He, they kicked him out. He didn't die, at the, oh. but he's dead now. <laughs> That's not why he's not in the band. Mm. But uh, I like the new guy better. So anyway, uh, that was Rooster. The last single we haven't talked about yet is Angry Chair. another one written by lane <clears throat> that one is better than hate to feel yeah that that's badass good chorus too it's just crazy how he can match with those low notes like that you know uh-huh yeah yes that's what i'm saying he's got incredible range too um so those are the singles now we're gonna pick the song the hidden gem the song that's not a single that we like the best and mine because i'm going first now so sam doesn't Steal my thunder. Though I don't know that we're gonna have the same one. I just feel like You think so? Maybe. I don't know. This isn't I don't know that this is your style as much as it is as it is mine. But the chorus is so good. Rain when I die. Dude. Is the is the one. Dude what? It's the one I picked too. Just so you guys know, this one is going to marinate for at least two minutes.
that is good. That song kills. That one, <clears throat> that one's like, the reason I felt confident that that might be your hidden gem is because that's everybody's hidden gem. Oh, they really? They do it at like, they do it live all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, like when we were in college, my buddies, like that's the song we would listen to. Like right before we were going to go out and party, uh-huh. like we'd, we'd like, you know, get our male testosterone going like let's listen to rain when i die and just like tear the place up dude like when i listen to that song this is what i picture i picture just this like big 40 year old man front row at an allison chains concert and there's just a tear <laughs> dropping from his eye <laughs> it's it's probably not that far from the yeah. truth that's not Seriously, what I <laughs> like that first note in the chorus is just like yeah yeah. Just the tear falls. Yeah. Oh my god. That song is so sweet. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um they they've written other songs since then that you kind of feel like you kind of feel like they were trying to write Rain When I Die uh-huh. Again. You know uh you know um how Rape Me sounds a lot like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got, and you kind of get the feeling that they were trying to write another one uh-huh. there. Uh there are other songs from Alice in Chains that are like, mm, kind of sounds like Rain When yeah. I Die. But they work, usually. And you just kind of get both of both, best of both worlds in that song. Like, it starts out, like, weird and yeah. experimental, and then, it, uh-huh. then it's catchy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. The chorus is great yeah. and not weird. And then, oh, my. There's so much good stuff going on. Yeah. And, and a couple things that I want to mention in that song that also, like, permeate through the whole album Besides his range, besides the power in this like little man's voice, the other thing Lane Staley does that I think people don't give him enough credit for that a lot of people don't do is like he does like little vocal runs at the end of lines that like other people just don't have the precision mm. and don't and I don't know if it's like they don't care to do, but like and I can't do it justice, but just like listen to the end of the vocal line of He's, you know, I think it's going to rain oh, when I die. And then he does like this whole like little run thing. And it's like, man, it always fits. It's always just right. It's never, it's always a little weird yeah. too, but it always works. And he does that like throughout the whole album. Like hit this vocal performance is so good. Dude, it um, is good. Yeah, so good. And that actually like reminded me of like a Black Label Society song. So really? I was like, man, then where Zach Wilde got that yeah. recipe. Mm-hmm. You know? um, this is another thing about the songwriting on the album that makes it, for me, so unique. I don't know if you noticed this, because I, I probably wouldn't have if it was my first couple listens through. Um, but there are, I'm going to count them actually, Damn That River, which is the second song on the album, uh, Junkhead, Dirt, um, and is that it? I guess you could kind of count Rooster in there too. Um, If you take those, what, four songs I just said, they all have, when the guitar solos happen, completely different musical sections. Like normally when you hear a guitar solo in a song, it's over the chords to the pre-chorus or it's over the chords to the verse or the chorus or whatever. The guitar solos in those four songs, they Jerry Cantrell wrote completely different chord progressions for those parts, which was way more common 
in like the 80s and right. earlier songs where like songwriting was a bit of an art and i don't i can't think of any albums that i've noticed do that since then they they change them a lot and it's it's so effective yeah i'm gonna definitely. try uh i'm gonna try to find it and damn that river in a relatively quick fashion just so you can hear what i'm talking about also by the way this song effing rules too dude <laughs> Here it comes. That's probably my favorite solo on here. I think. Not the most obvious one. The Rooster's the most obvious, where they oh, kind yeah. of wrote. It's not that different. It's actually the same chord progressions, but it's like the feel is totally different. Dude, I love the guitar solo in them bones. Oh, that's a great solo, yeah. too. I, what I meant was um, it's the best solo oh, where they changed right, right. the chord progression. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are other good songs. Like, Sick Man is one of the weirdest songs. <laughs> what do you think about Sick Man? Uh, play it real fast. Yeah. Th before I play it, I'm going to tell you that this song specifically, Lane went to Jerry Cantrell and said, I want you to write the darkest, evilest song you can think of, and then I'm going to write lyrics to it. And this is what he came up with. some depressing shit dude I, yeah i like that song i did too. yeah no, it's grown i didn't like it as much when i was younger but i like it now because it's so weird and also i have no idea how they play that i have no idea how you would do that guitar part do you think it's like an effect or yeah, i think it 
has to be. I don't want to say that because I'm probably wrong, but they don't play it live much. It is kind of a weird song, too. I'm not surprised they don't play it live a lot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think success, it was very dark. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, when my mom says she... Like I'm sure that's the song she was heard me listening to when she was like, "He's gonna kill himself," <laughs> you know. <laughs> not to make light of that, but does not sound. It's pretty bleak. Hear that coming from your bedroom? Yeah. You know when you're. Can't feel the wind. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was a happy child. I really was. Mm. I'm not messing. I, really I think was. that's the people who listen to this music, though. I, and we've talked about yeah. this before, like. This is serious, kind of. But the real life Alice in Chains like did not live their lives dead serious like yeah. this. Like they they didn't take themselves as seriously as people think. Yeah. And that's where people get this like wrong. Um but more on that, I'm sure, in other episodes. Um Junkhead, Dirt, the title track, obviously. Um Godsmack. Those those are the ones we haven't talked about. Those are all fine. Some people really yeah. love Junkhead. Um and Junkhead and Godsmack are kind of like sister songs. Like they're both about the heroin episodes mm. um and are, you know, the deepest depths of depression or whatever for the band, but they're fine. I used to love Godsmack. Oh I, really? Yeah, that song's weird. Yeah. It's really I mean a lot of these are weird, but that one's weird. I used to like it a lot. It actually, I like that one. That's the only song on here that I think I like less than I used to. It's just okay. You know, I have two more tracks for you. All right. Um, these were, well, I should start with Wood was m- meant to play. Well, it was on the Singles soundtrack, which actually came out before Dirt did. Singles is Cameron Crowe's first movie. We've probably talked about it before, actually. And it's set in the it's it's Seattle in the '90s. Like it it was supposed to be like a mo- Yeah, it's a romantic comedy, but it was really meant to be Seattle's music scene as the backdrop. Mm. And Wood was like the I don't want to say it was like the theme of the movie or whatever, but it was like the showcase song. Pearl Jam had two songs. Uh, Soundgarden had a song. Chris Cornell had a solo song. Paul Westerberg had songs. Mud Honey, Screaming Trees, like all these Seattle bands. But Wood was the track that was like, this is what makes the soundtrack like a viable like hit. Um, but they had two other songs that they also did demos for. Um, and they came out with the Alice in Chains box set. And they're, I think, both good. So here's the first one. This is called Fear the Voices. Mm-hmm. And when, when the box set came out, this was actually this was released as a single. So here's this one.
it's a lot of that riff over and over, but I yeah. like that song. Yeah, I like it too. Okay, check out this one. Now, breaking the cocoon a little bit. For some reason, when I play these through my laptop, you don't get the first like two seconds of the song. Uh-huh. And the first notes of this song are the uh, most important. They're like so badass. So what I'm going to try to do, dear listeners, is start this and then rewind it. And mm-hmm. I think it'll actually play the beginning if I rewind it. So here we go. Here's my attempt at doing this. But check if you can. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's do that again. One or two more times. Sorry to pause in the middle. We were talking about Sean Kinney being greasy earlier. And I said that sometimes it sounds like like you're barely on stable footing. There's a couple fills in this song that we're about to hear that are exactly what I'm talking about. And I think they're in the chorus. And I'll, I'll say if I'm wrong, but otherwise I'll just let it go. I was wrong, it's coming up again. Here it comes. Did you hear that one? That's yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. It's like, you if you've heard the song enough, you know the fill's coming, but like every time you wait, come to that part, it's like, or does it happen later? Because it like, he waits so long to go, yeah. Oh, I, lo- I got a little goosebumps there. Dude, it's good. That's a good song, like, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, those two songs you just played, like, makes you realize like, they like metal, or at least Gary Cantrell. <laughs> totally. You know, he or Jerry. Tot- yeah. Fuck. No, it's okay. He gets it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but seriously, you, that's the truth of the matter. Like, and Jerry Cantrell says as much. Like, we've already said, Lane's the weird one. Yeah. Jerry would just write like cool, like traditional metal songs, but the two go together like lamb and tuna fish. Yeah. As they said in Big Daddy, <laughs> but. But that's Lying Season. That's the name of that last song is Lying Season. And when they talk about that song now, they're just like, you can see talent here, but these are just, this is just a fucking stupid song. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, I think yeah, it's I so think it's cool. Good. Yeah. It's so, straightforward. Right. Right. It's just like a blues song, yeah. like with a cool, like little lick in there. I've sworn so much in this episode. My, if my parents are listening. Dude, are you pumped? Yeah. This song gets me like jacked. I'm sweating a little bit. I'm, I'm goose bumpy. 
but Goosebump I bay. love it. So we've gone. We've this one's been an hour seventeen. That's a fine length to talk about. Uh, Dude, dirt. Allison Chains. See, I used to not like them a whole lot, but now yeah. you know I. Were you dreading this secretly? No, okay. no, not at all. Like, I listened to Dirt a while back, and that's when I was like hardcore into just like ACDC and stuff like sure. that. Sure. You know, yeah. so like, I just didn't listen mm-hmm. to other s- stuff, but mm-hmm. this album's good. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's just a good album all the way through, you know? Right. Which is hard to find. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so true. So next week, we will go, oh wait, did you have anything else to say? No, dude. Okay, next week we'll go. We'll get back into best and worst albums as we get through the rest of that. We have some more ideas that we're gonna roll through here. This is the last. I've already mentioned this, but this is the sixth episode we're recording before we actually start posting for uh, for season two. So season two is gonna start coming up soon for us. Which, if we're you know looking into the future where we are right now you guys are going to have to start commenting on things. Dude. And that includes, I also, we also need you to rate, review, and subscribe. I don't like to talk about stuff like this, mm. to be honest, but it does really help other people find this podcast if you rate and review. Well, don't don't give us a one-star review. Only five. Only five Only stars. five. Always five-star reviews. You know, and please subscribe too. Subscriptions help too. If you just want to subscribe and delete them later, that's fine. But please do the subscription thing. I got a story. Um, this has been the Wet Bad Bandits Podcast. You're wet. Get wet. Two young boys go into the liquor store where they sold their soul. I got a story.
Cool. 